0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So, we're in the middle of the second chapter of the Mishnah of Megillah. And we're really engaged in the halachot related to reading the Megillah itself. And, you know, this is one of the central pieces of the tractate. And we read in the third Mishnah, From where does a person read the Megillah from and fulfill his obligation? i.e., at what point in the Megillah do you have to start reading? And we learned that the halacha goes according to Rabbi Meir Rabbi Meir or Meir Kula. Rabbi Meir says, All of it. In order to fulfill our obligation, we have to read all of the Megillah. And the rest of this chapter then, or the next portion of this chapter anyway, then goes on with a series of other Mishnayot, which deal with all, with kol, with the the idea of, I, I think of these as universalistic, or inclusive. These are Mishnayot which bring everything in. Just as Rabbi Meir brings in the whole of the Megillah, we'll see that these upcoming Mishnayot, and they're poetic because they begin Hakol, everything. They all begin Hakol, everything. There's three in a row that begin, they all begin Hakol, everything. And they all serve, if you like, to extend the scope of the Megillah reading and in principle, to make it easy for the people of Israel, all of them, to fulfill this mitzvah. So let's begin. Mishnah 4. All are kasher. I've translated kasher as fit. Or maybe it's valid all are okay okay is a word for kasher everybody is kosher everybody's permitted to read the megillah except for someone who's deaf someone who's mentally deficient and a minor someone who's deaf this is obviously someone who can speak by the way because if he if it was a deaf mute then there'd be no question of them reading the Megillah, right? It's obviously someone who's not, who's who can speak, but he's deaf. And I think the idea is that you have to hear the Megillah being read, or if you're listening to it, you have to hear it from someone who can hear it. So if you're, you can't hear it from someone who can't hear, because they're in principle not fulfilling the mitzvah themselves. They're actually exempt from the mitzvah. Shote, well, I think that's obvious. Someone who doesn't have mental capacity. We've seen that very much. Vikatana and a minor, someone who's not obligated in the mitzvot. We we can't fulfill a mitzvah from someone who's not obligated. But other than these three categories, someone who's deaf and can't hear it, someone who's mentally deficient and isn't taking responsibility, or someone who isn't taking responsibility because of their age, apart from this, anybody can read the megillah. And actually Rabbi Yudah goes further Rabbi Yudah says actually for the child it's okay and the Rambam comments there that we maybe will come to the Rambam just before we finish this Mishnah the Rambam comments there all are fit to read the Megillah even a woman in other words in principle according to the Rambam a woman could read for a group of men and the subject the Rambam is quoted actually from the Gemara in Arachin, and the Gemara in Arachin asks: Everybody are obligated in in reading the megillah. "Hakol kasherim li All are fit or valid or kosher to read the megillah. atui mai?" What do these statements add? And the Gemara answers: atui nashim." They add in women. And then we're going to quote Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi in accordance with your opinion of Rabbi Yoshua um, um, ben Levi. Diama Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, who says, Nashim chayavot mikra migila hen hayub tohanes. Women are obligated in the mitzvah of reading the Megillah because they too were in participants in the miracle. And of course, if you read the, the Megillah carefully, you'll see that before mm-hmm. the king Ahashverosh, unleashes his murderous attack on Jews, he unleashes an attack on women's rights. It's as if women and Jews are grouped together in the Migilahs, as examples of two, um, two underprivileged groups who were taken advantage of, but were protected in this, in this episode. So I call Shireinly Karta Megillah. Everybody's fit to read Megillah. I feel we shine the words of the Rambam, even a woman. And now we go on to say, Ain Karta Megillah Velo Malin Velo Tovlin Velo Mazin Vehchein Shumeret Yom Keneged Yom Loti Bol Ad Shetaneitz Hachama. We don't read the Megillah, or we don't circumcise, we don't immerse, we don't sprinkle. This is sprinkling with the. um sprinkling with the the um uh, the 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 ashy the ashes the, the water with the ashes and similarly a woman keeping day for day shouldn't immerse until the sun's risen there are certain things that we only do uh, during day and we're going to define the beginning of the day including the beginning of the day for reading the megillah in the morning by Hanetz HaChama, until the sun has risen and the Mishnah then goes on, vehulan, and all of them, you can see again the word kol, all. The word all is running right the way through these series of Mishnayot, vehulan, and any of them or all of them, she asu kasher. And if any of these things are done after dawn, they're valid. So, dawn, dawn is effectively when it first starts getting light in the sky, which is. It can easily be an hour before actually the sun peeps its head over the horizon. So that's the first set of Hakols. Hakol li all are fit to read the megillah. Now we go on. Kol hayom kasheli Kol hayom li All day is fit or is kasher or is valid. All day is valid for reading the megillah. And just as in the previous Mishnah, we had a whole list of other mitzvot which seem to fit together with this definition of daytime, so with all-day. All-day is okay for reading the Megillah. Ulu Kriyat hallel and for reading Hallel. Shofar and to blowing the Shofar. Lulav and for taking the Lulav. Ulu musafin and for saying the Musaf prayer. Again we're clearly in Galut here because we're referring to the Musaf prayers and for the Musaf sacrifices we're remembering back to the temple and now we're going to go right the way back to the beginning of the temple rituals the confession over the ox if you bring an ox as a sin offering you have to confess over it and for the confession of the, the, the tithe, this is the declaration over Mar Shani that we make in Jerusalem. I've 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 I have removed anything that's holy from my house. Or we can say this confession. It's called vidui yomar. Vidui We can say that all day. vidui and for the confession on Yom Kippur, that's the high priest confession. Las for laying on hands of a sacrifice, Lashkita for slaughtering the sacrifice. We're going to go through now the sacrificial process. Las mm-hmm. for waving the sacrifice. La for bringing it close to the altar. La Kmitsa for um take for um uh, is taking a handful for la is to putting it on the putting it on the fire, lamlikha so this is pinching off, this is pinching off the neck of a bird. Villa Kabbalah, receiving the blood. This is before put, putting it on the altar. Villa Hazayas, actually sprinkling it on the altar. Ula shkot, uh, so that's the end of the sacrificial chain. Ula shkot, sota. this is giving the Sota the bitter waters to drink. We can do that all day. Vela Arifata Egel, this is breaking the neck of the heifer. If uh, someone is found dead in the desert, we don't know we don't know who murdered him. Then we need to measure to the nearest town. And the elders of that town will go out and break the neck of a heifer to, as a sort of symbolic admission of guilt, actually. And we'll we'll learn uh, we'll learn this in sota. And and to purify the Matsurah. So all of these activities which are carried on during the day, they can all be carried on all day. Just like hakol kasher, kol hayom kasher. And now we're going to go, we're going to close actually with the activities which go on at night. Kol ha all night. Kasher li omer ul hekter ve All night is fit for reaping the omer and for burning fats and limbs. I mean, I think burning fats and limbs is kind of obvious because they're burning on the altar all night, right? And if they're, um, they are if, if they don't get burnt up in the night, they've got to be got rid of the next day. What is this about reaping the Omer? The Omer is actually broad in the day, but there's an idea that we need to count these 49 full days. And just as we start, just as we count at night, when we count Omer with a bracha, we count at night so too was the reaping of the corn for the omer carried out at night it's taught in the tractate of Menachot. so we may we, we we i think we may eventually get there but anyway it's, it's taught in the tractate of Menachot that just as today we count the omer at night then they used to reap the the the, the omer at night and then they bring it then they bring it onto the altar the following day and the mishnah continues Davar kasher kol hayom. any matter whose command is during the day kasher kol hayom. all day is fit Davar kasher kol any matter whose commandment is at night all night is fit in other words we can do it the whole day or the whole night and of course i can't help observing that this must remind us of the first Mishnah in the Talmud, the Mishnah, first Mishnah in Brachot, Me'imatai Korin et From what time do we recite Shema in the evening? And the Mishnah says from the time the priests come in to eat their trimmer until the end of the first watch, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the sages say until midnight, and Rabban Gamliel says until dawn in other words, for rabban gamliel we can say the night Shema all night and the mishnah concludes and that the the, the, the and the mishnah concludes amur all the offerings that are supposed to be eaten within one day can be eaten until dawn and the Mishnah closing, So why did the sages say until midnight? Keep someone far from transgression. But in principle, all of the night is valid for saying Shema, just as it is for reading the Megillah. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.